0: So I'm sitting here with Heath Martin at one of my favorite pubs, restaurants, hangout spots in all of Kelowna. Uh, Heath and his partner, Amanda Stedman, uh, engineered, designed, and built FSH from the ground up. And it's amazing. Um, one of the things I love about this place is the cozy atmosphere. It's small enough that uh, the staff get to know you pretty quick. And they will call you on a first-name basis once you've come in a time or two. And you get to know regulars the same way. It's really my perfect kind of place to drink or socialize. My apartment used to be just up the street, and my office was just down the street. So we used to joke and call this my branch office because I would often meet clients here for lunch or to have a drink or celebrate closing a deal. So it's also a great place to meet with your clients. I want to talk to Heath about his experience as a restaurant owner here in Kelowna. Um, First of all, Heath, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Uh, I know you're an extremely busy guy with everything you're doing, and I really appreciate your time. Heath, why don't you fill in some of the gaps about yourself? Tell us where you grew up how long you've been in the restaurant business, and how you ended up in Kelowna.
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Well, I come from Regina, Saskatchewan. I was born and raised there So I was 28 years old. Um, I started in the restaurant business, I would say probably, I recall, I think I was probably 16 years old, Boston Pizza, dishwasher, delivery driver, which is a pretty great job. Uh, so I, I really started from the ground up. Uh, washing dishes, competition to see if I could get all the dishes done before I get my next delivery out. Um, there, From there, went to the nightclub industry, which, again, I was um, I was a busser. Um, we grow big in Saskatchewan, so coming right out of high school, I wasn't the size I am now. Uh, so the guys ahead of me were... Uh, Quite a bit larger and and tougher, and so I was a busser, and I remember the a uh, significant story in my learning of the industry. Um, the uh, back door, we we ran the dishwasher was broken in, in upstairs, so we had to d- wash dishes downstairs. It was a two level bar, so I grabbed the dish uh, the glasses, washed them, went up the stairs the back way, and the door was locked, so I left the. Stupid me! Leave the uh, glasses on the stairs, oh, thinking, "Oh, it's the back way, right?" And go up around to unlock the door. While well, in the meantime, the doorman threw a guy out and kicked all the glasses down the stairs. Wow. Yeah. So, needless to say, that was a that was a learning experience. That was one of my lesser moments. Uh, but so, from the so from, what happened? Uh, did, you, did you get fired? No, I didn't. I got talked to. I got. I was a fairly. Um, uh, I guess I was a good asset to the company because I brought lots of people in. I knew lots of people. I, I've always known lots of people in Regina. So, from there, uh, started when I kind of finished my university days in the states. I came back up, went to university in uh, Regina, and needed a part-time job uh, during school. So I got a as a doorman. Um, I had uh, had my time in the bar scene, you know, battling and fighting and, and then just made a natural progression into being a doorman and worked the door at uh, checkers nightclub in Regina for, I'd say like four or five years. I ran the door there, um, which gave me the knowledge. Uh, I, me and anything I do, I watch what the leaders do, what's going on, how the business is operating and just really like dove into that, started doing some fundraising for some sports teams uh, doing cabarets, which is a, just kind of a big party uh, in Saskatchewan. We call them cabarets. We just rent out a hall, charge money to come in, have a DJ, sell booze. And we were doing this, and we were making a killing. And we just thought, hey, maybe we should open a nightclub. Right. And uh, we did. Four, like four or five bouncers, uh, we partnered up. We built the nightclub for the ground up and opened it up. That was in 2001. In the meantime, uh, coaching basketball, coaching football, giving my time back to the community, um, never a paid position, always volunteer, um, got to know a lot of people. so um, But yeah, then we so had the nightclub, my first nightclub, then after a year we bought a building and did a second nightclub. Uh, which was in my business um, kind of experience, was a stupid thing to do. We bought everything cash. Paid for the building cash, uh, paid for all the equipment, everything brand new, brand new, brand new, right? Because our first nightclub was like, go to the auction, get used, you know. So now we had the cash, so it was just like, new this, new that. And to do it again, no, I don't, go to the auctions, lease some stuff, da 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 da, right? So, because we ended up selling that building because it was actually in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, and uh, Moose Jaw uh, built a new arena, which was right on the plot of that. So we sold the land back to the city. you know, and moved on. And that was right about the time where I moved out here. Uh, more so to get a, to kind of get a change. Um, my daughter's grandparents, my oldest daughter's grandparents lived out here. So it was like, hey, come out here for the construction, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I actually opened uh, Western Pizza out here oh, cool. in Rutland uh, without booze, another mistake. And, um, and I didn't, I wanted to be downtown, franchise wanted to be in uh, Rutland, which is a blue-collar neighborhood, which is their model, right? Their model is to go into the blue-collar neighborhoods because that's who orders the pizza, right? Which is kind of like, you know, it's a little bit weird of a demographic to pinpoint on, but, you know, I love pizza. I'm a blue-collar guy, so I guess it fits, right? So we went up there. I would have much rather been downtown for the flow of traffic in the summertime and getting the name out because you can deliver to anywhere, um, little less of a market research, two-for-one town, that isn't a two-for-one pizza. And, you know, had my struggles, but, you know, always ran it. Uh, we, we would break even and turn a little bit of a profit. I think with booze, we would have been a little bit better. Um, but ended up selling it because the construction industry was booming, and I was, um, I had a second job because I had a young family, and uh, it was just booming. I started to go off on my own and do, do framing and
0: building and that sort of thing so tell us a little bit about how you got into construction because that's one of your talents as well yeah so I started
1: construction the first time I started construction I'd say I was in grade six you know build build a fort you know you build a fort in your backyard and I'm not I'm not a guy where it's like oh let's grab the cardboard box and like play and I had the wood I actually had a the luxury of having a neighbor beside me who was in the construction industry and he had a lot of extra wood like just scrap wood so i literally took like the scrap wood and built like a fort then my next project was a half pipe i was a skateboarder when i was a kid and you know kind of got ditched one day by my friends and i stayed home and i built a half pipe which later on in life learned that it's one of the more difficult things to do as a circle as a, a circular staircase and that sort of thing but my neighbor helped me out, gave me some scrap pieces of wood. I built it all. Then Dad came home and saw that I had the structure built and had to buy me the plywood for the, the, the actual surface, right? Right. Um, but then moving forward, literally it was, um, you know, doing some odd renos here and there, mostly decks and fences. But um, going forward, it was building the bar. Right. Then after we built the bar, everybody literally that knew we built it was like, hey, can you do this? Hey, can you do that? Can you do this, so it just kind of, and the and the nightclub industry is at night, so right. in during the day, and we were three nights a week in our heyday, so you're bored, and right. you know you're literally bored. And for me, I'm just not one to sit around, so we started a construction company and just did uh, garages and dax and fences,
0: small houses. So you uh, were doing the pizza in Rutland. You sold the property back to the city and you got into construction. Right? Um, How long did that last and and how did you end up here at FSH? Well, first,
1: um, we sold the property back to the city in Moose Jaw. So then I came out to Kelowna, um, leased a space up in Rutland, um, ran that for about a year um, and I could see that it was was a mom-and-pop place and, and to put a lot of time and effort into it. And after... Um, come, You know, rolling into town, you know, put all my money into that. So it was kind of a little bit cash um, poor, right? So um, construction was the way to go. And I got into construction, started building homes. Um, a friend of mine from Regina invested in me. We started doing spec homes. Spec homes went into, uh, we did some commercial. At one point, I had 41 guys working for me. Did Summerland Resorts. Um, Did a retirement home in Penticton, did a big condo development in Summerland, uh, up in Kettle Valley, did the the shopping center, the exterior. I built Carl's Jr. on the highway, which has since closed, but redid that in 13 weeks uh, from old Burger King to new Carl's Jr. Basically, um, construction was my thing. Then I went back to Regina in 2011, to build a pub for some friends of mine. Went there, built that, took my custom um, beliefs in custom homes into the commercial aspect of it, and that's kind of what set me apart. So I built that one, which was had a lot of uh, the BC flair to it. So the big beams, um, big timbers, you know, wood accents, huge bar, um, all wood butcher block. And I built that, and literally like a domino effect just job after job after job after job i went crazy for three years there building and in the meantime as i was building these restaurants and other hospitality uh, establishments i got into a couple of them took some in lieu of pay some some percentage for a bit that one i sold out of um, or just kind of took the cash in the end and then bought into a place called rock creek tap and grill which uh, is a little franchise in Saskatchewan, which has uh, two locations in Regina, one in Moose Jaw, three in Saskatoon, one in Lloyd Minister, and now I think two in Winnipeg. Right. So I built the one in the North End, was a partner in it, still is a partner in it. But it was franchisee, right? Not enough. I've been doing this. I've been selling booze for money since I was 23 years old. Wow. So... Forty-two, yeah. So, so it's like you know, I got some great ideas, and I can't implement them. So I started looking in Kelowna. I want a little pub, a little hole-in-the-wall pub, like I used to go to, like in Montana, and when I we take the boys down there for basketball. So
0: I uh, started looking on the internet and found this place. This place, before you started, it was just a dusty kind of box, right? It put this addition on the building. But uh, was, it didn't look like this. I mean, it was just a pile of dust with, with some windows. Um, tell us about the concept here and uh, some of the ideas you got along the way to make it.
1: This place, what really turned my eye to it was the windows and the fact that you could have a patio as big as we do, right? So um, I showed it to Amanda. She didn't really like it because it didn't have the finished stucco on the outside. It was cindercrete still and uh, well, will cement and then I think there's a little bit of syndicate block on the one side um, and just didn't just didn't couldn't see it some people can't see things right, right. so um, we came looked at it and it was literally empty in here did the measurements I, I took the measurements and then I put them into my program to design it and laid everything out and it it's actually crazy how much the original design looks like this same with right. the booth color everything um, just put everything, everything worked. The kitchen was tight. I knew that. Um, but yeah, then just came in and and built it up. But uh, our concept really was to go, we wanted it to look like we have been here for a long time. Old brick, we took old brick from a 25-year-old building in Vernon, put it on the walls, you know, roughed it up so it looked like it was original. Lots of wood accents, um, timbers. Uh, we did kind of a cement tile looking floor um, to to tie in with the cement that's in the building already, right? Um, you know, a wood bar top, I, I burnt it up so that it looks uh, pretty rustic. Um, yeah, and and just went from there. did the cobblestone brick on the, um, brick look on the patio, just to kind of give it that big city, old
0: kind of Boston feel, right? When did you get started with the construction and how long did it take and when did you finally open
1: I think we started construction in the first week of October in 2014. And so we started then. It was the weekend of the BMO 10K run. And usually a 5,000 square foot restaurant will take me four months. We opened in February. So that's a little, a little bit more than four months, and this is a little less than 5,000 square feet, a lot less. But you know, Kelowna is a little bit different on how people necessarily work, <laughs> so I had to kind of take that into account. Plus, I was doing a project in Regina, so I was one week there and one week here, all the way until December. I, I didn't. I, December fifteenth is when I finally like started coming and doing full time here. So,
0: how did you come up with the name FSH?
1: Oh, it's too funny. McGreevy's Pub actually had a posting last couple of weeks ago for the uh, uh, Cask and Flanken bar outside of uh, Fenway Park, right when you come out of the bleacher bar in Fenway Park. So we were down in Boston, kind of as a, you know, a leisure trip, but also looking for some ideas for pubs. Came out, we went to the Red Sox game, we were in the bleacher bar with some friends, walked out of the bleacher bar, and we had been tossing around names. Like, we were trying to figure out a name for this place. Come out of the the, the bleacher bar, and Cask and Flanken is there. And I said, let's call it Flask. She's like, how did you get that? And I was just like, That's sign, I don't know, Cask and Flanken, FL and the ASK. And I, I, I don't know how I came up with that. You know, I was... I guess uh, the wonders of alcohol when you're <laughs> that many deep. But, yeah, so then it was Flask Social House to kind of add, the, you know, in this day and age, everybody needs a new little trendy name behind it to, right. to make it popular, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we came uh, Flask Social House was the original name. But because we're food primary, we can't use, which is I think is pretty stupid, you can't use a, uh, something that makes reference to alcohol in your name. Right. Which they say flask is, but if we all look in the dictionary, the first definition of flask is a chemistry beaker, and beaker, and so I was going to argue it and debate it, and I, you know, but you don't want to kind of piss off the powers that be, right? right. right. So I asked them. We were going to put FSH on the north side or south side of the building as the as the uh, abbreviations to Flask Social House. So I said, can we call it FSH? So I go, like, yeah, sure. So that's how we came to FSH. So.
0: I'm a big fan of personal transformation stories. Um, you're a successful businessman. You're highly skilled in uh, carpentry and construction trades and running a bar business, obviously. Uh, were you always the exact same person? Or is there something, a story from your past that if we went in a time machine and we saw you, be kind of surprised. It's hard to believe that's Heath. Uh, because you've changed in some significant way? I think it's, it's going to be kind of boring, I guess,
1: uh, because I have always been the same person, always driven, entrepreneurial, um, a, a leader, always in sports, coaching, um, that sort of thing. My ideas, I came up with the nightclub. I pushed for the nightclub. We had a lot of trouble in Regina getting the nightclub because we were kind of on the borderline of a residential area. I think the biggest thing for me, the biggest transformation is figuring out I don't need a partner, um, per se, as far as someone that is out of my wheelhouse, not directly kind of with me, you know what I mean? I usually had friends, so we're my business partners, and it, it always ended, you know, well, terribly, right? The friendship would go, nobody could disassociate that, right? Um, so that was kind of a big hurdle to get over is is n- somebody that is outside of your kind of uh, community, right? right? Your little circle, may, having them as partners. N- now knowing that I don't need them because I was always doing the work. I was al- I always put in the work, put in the time because I care, right? So right. so that was kind of a, that's a huge thing, and that's been in the last you know I guess five or six years that I've come to to realize that so right. yeah so that was uh, that was a pretty big transformation to to you know you always want to talk to buddies you know your good buddies oh let's open a business together it'd be so great you know well yeah. no it's not great because it's great when it's great but it's not so great when it's not great so right.
0: when i uh, ran businesses in the past i always had a feeling like nobody works as hard as i do and um i would kind of kind of subconsciously keep track of how much work I was doing and how much work everybody else was doing and kind of builds up a little resentment. Um, is that similar to what you're talking about? Like you feel like you're the hardest working person in the room? In my
1: construction days with the partners that I had, <clears throat> definitely, definitely was always, um, the, I, and I wouldn't say so much resentment. <clears throat> After the fact, there was resentment. You know, oh, am I ever stupid, da 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 that sort of thing. You, li- you live and you learn, and you need to actually look at people's um, kind of their scope of, of work, what they can take on, how they care, what they feel, what they think, that sort of thing. In this place, uh, and in the bar industry in general, um, you definitely have to get a good group of people together that you can rely on. Um, Amanda runs the stuff during the day. She would run the stuff during the day. Um, and, and do that sort of thing. So it was a nice mix because obviously I worked during the day. I still like to work and do construction. Um, so then I'd come in at the nighttime and, and talk to the regulars, touch some tables, that sort of thing. Um, and you definitely have to count on some people to pick up the slack and also be able to ask for things that's a big thing whereas some people don't know how and i didn't know for years how to just say i need you to do that right uh, because or you're just like "Oh, i don't think he can do it or she can do it so i'm gonna do it and then i'm just like oh they should be doing it you know and yeah. it's just real. it's really yourself that's putting that on you and causing yourself unneeded stress when you can just say it's a different thing to say i need you to do that tonight and they say oh no i can't right. well then you know, then it is there you know you've asked they've now they're not working as hard as you. But if you don't ask them and don't give them the chance to do it, you're um, you're kind of causing that for yourself. So,
0: How long have you known Amanda? And how long have you been business partners with her? Um, so I've known Amanda,
1: I would say, for probably about 10 years. Closely known her for seven. Uh, we've been business partners... Since, I guess, we started this, which would would have been roughly around April or March of 2014 is kind of when we brought this idea to the table. Right. Yeah, so it's kind of since then. Been, and we did heavy research and, and a hand in the design, both sitting at the computer. Oh, what do you think of that? What do you think of this? So,
0: yeah. Tell us what you love about this job and uh, what you find maybe challenging or even a little frustrating sometimes. What
1: I love, obviously, about this industry is the fact of the how many people you can meet. Um, I think what a lot of people don't get is if, if you're a waitress or a bartender or even a cook and you don't make that jump from this industry into another industry, and this might be your sole industry that you're in, so then you'll move up to general manager and whatnot, but the spin off from the people you meet in these establishments is is huge. I would say just from my time in the bar industry, I probably generated, you know, you know, 7 to 10 million dollars in revenue in other aspects of my life from the people I meet in in this industry. Mm-hmm. So it's very valuable that way. Plus also you get to meet some pretty cool people and some cool stories and And some inspiring people and, you know, also some hard luck stories and, you know, being involved in the community and helping out with charities and that sort of thing. So it's very rewarding in that aspect, especially nowadays where I've always been this way. But you can really see Kelowna starting to band together as a family and community and starting to cross promote with each other, get multiple bars or Um, businesses involved in the same charities even if they're the same type of business it's no longer oh you know they're our competition it's more coming together and and joining together to build a better business community I guess the frustrations would be the probably the turnover in staff Um, and especially because we're in Kelowna we're a resort community people come in and leave and and they fly in you know in the summer and then they leave in the winter that is tough. Um, and the industry we're in is typically one of, you know, there's just like construction, you know, there's some, some substance abuse. There's some troubled people. Um, you know, everybody has issues, whether you like it or not. CEOs of companies or, or mailroom employees, you know, whatever. Everybody's got their issues. Um, and I think because of the, you know, the close-knit, close-knitness of these establishments, you hear about their, you know, troubles more so, it becomes starts to become a, a part of the culture, and it can be quite toxic. So it's, it's tough to find that happy medium and be able to control that, be able to have your leaders say, hey, you know, let's talk about that some other time, rather than talking to your patrons, letting them know your business, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, it's one thing to say, hey, I'm having a bad day because my girlfriend, you know, broke up with me or whatever, but then it's, You know there's a fine line between your whole life story and life's so bad and you know oh my boss is he's really mean to me today and you know i want you to not like him and like me and then the next day well we want you to come and support our nice boss and you know it's pretty hard right so that's a frustration for me
0: for sure so what is one piece of advice you would give to someone just starting out in this business someone says i want to run a bar I want to run a restaurant, would you tell them don't do it? Or is there some good advice you would give them?
1: Obviously, I'd say for sure you've got to follow your dreams if you want to. But one, go work in one. Go work in one. Do your research. Start at the bottom or whatever. Start wherever you want to start, but learn all the jobs. Know what's going on. Know how to to run it. Know how to keep your numbers um, in check. Hire the right people also. The right bookkeeper, the right accountant, um, you know, the right chef. Then come up with a good concept. Do your research of the demographic you're around. And then be hands-on. Meet your clientele. You know, work the floor. Touch the tables. Be in the community. Um, It's not... You can't just open it up and it's going to run itself. It's just not going to. You have... I feel... You got to tie into the community. You're not a big box store, and nor do you want to be. That, that I honestly think the days of those places are over. Right. Even though there's some new ones coming in and stuff like that, I just the uh, community just wants to support the the establishments that are giving back to the community. Not so much in charity and that sort of stuff, because we all do it. We all, you know, we all have our charities, but where the owners, you see that the profit is coming back into the community, back into our local economy. That's what everybody wants to see. But um, to, to put yourself into the community, into events, get your name out there, meeting the people, that's the biggest biggest thing, 100%.
0: I want to put you on the spot now. Um, can you name what, one person in Kelowna that you think is a fascinating person and you would love to see come on this show in the future?
1: I would have to refer um, Sheldon. From uh, Do Some Good.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, we just linked up with um, Do Some Good. And it's um, it's an organization that is linking uh, charities and businesses together. And having you be able to come in, mm-hmm. have a cup of beer at FSH, take a picture of your bill, and then two percent of your bill goes to the charity of your choice if it's within the if it's on the program right so they have created that and are doing that um and he'd be a great guy to uh to talk to just and that's in the it aspect of it so it would be a little bit different different aspect of businesses but uh he's definitely got his hands in a lot of stuff in Kelowna and he's a he's a battleford boy from Saskatchewan so
0: So if someone wants to come to FSH, tell us about your hours of operation and how do we find you
1: here? If you're coming to FSH, we are downtown on St. Paul and Doyle. Our hours are during the week, Monday to Friday, 11 till um, close. In the off-season, we do 10 p.m. Uh, But if there's people in here, we stay open, obviously, till midnight. Midnight is our closing hour. Um, During the weekend, we're 10 a.m. till 12 midnight. Uh, We have brunch on the weekends, Um, and uh, you can find us on the internet, um, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook,
0: uh, Twitter. Thank you very much, Heath. Um, I feel like I've learned something today, and we got to know you better on a personal level. So I want to thank you again for your time and for coming on the show. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure.